Hey everyone, welcome to the Overflow Podcast, where pastor, author, speaker, and consultant Jim Stern explores various benefits and blessings of life lived in the overflow of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit's love. There is so much to discover, to learn, to feel, and to see when God goes first and we live in the overflow. Here we go for another week in overflow. In the overflow, it's always good to grind it out. What does this look like pragmatically? Bombs dropping, bullets flying, speed of life, insanity happening all over the place, unpredictability, the unpredictability of living in a broken and and, uh, fallen world. What does it look like to live in the fullness of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in a way that impacts our souls, our lives, transforms, ignites, empowers, uh, really sets our feet on solid ground uh, internally, uh, uh, restores, rectifies, cleans out, clears up our internal weather, uh, and away we go. Uh, in the beginning, let's jump off. Let's get uh, uh, mashing that notification button. Uh, hit that notification button, hitting that subscription. You can be for sure you're first in line to get uh, all the new content that God our Father puts on my heart uh, here at Trexo as we seek to combat lifeless teaching. We can live in all that God our Father, uh, all that God our Father has for us. Last week in the overflow, we looked at pawns. We looked at Israel and Hamas as pawns in a kingdom war. Potential pawns in a kingdom war made implication on our lives of, of what does it mean for us if we, if there is really a kingdom war and there's only two sides, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. Really powerful. I would encourage you to go back and listen to that, read it uh, on the blog if you have not had an opportunity to do that. Today, we're going to take the Israel-Hamas struggle and we're going to look just at Israel. We're going to drill down just into the nation of Israel See what kind of clarity the scriptures can give for us about the nation of Israel and the implications that it has on our lives. And today, the implications on our lives are going to be very sober, very sober. Uh, Romans chapter 9 and verse 6, the, written by the Apostle Paul, he says this, For they are not all Israel who are descended from Israel. They are not all Israel who are descended from Israel. Oh, these words are staggering, 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 both for our understanding of what it means to be Israeli. uh, And then also for the Christian today, it's really important to understand these things considering the Israel-Hamas war. uh, And then also for our own desire for victory and freedom. This phrase, these this clause in Romans 9, 6 is not even the entire verse, just this clause, for they are not all Israel who are descended from Israel has, is stiff. This is a stiff drink. This is a double shot. Uh, and so let's, let's dig into this. And because everybody loves vocabulary, let's first do a lesson on vocabulary. Uh, in the Bible, the name Israel is used in Five different ways. Five different ways. Isn't that so helpful? So context becomes massively important to understand which author in Israel, uh, which Israel the, an author is referring to. In Romans 9, 6, the Apostle Paul is going to reference three different versions of Israel, three different forms of Israel. First, Israel is a man who had descendants. Israel, it was formerly named, Israel the man was formerly named Jacob, is the grandson of Abraham and the son of Isaac. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, 
Jacob's name was changed to Israel. So in one instance, Israel is the name of a man, is the name of a person. Secondly, Israel can refer to those physically descended from Israel. Israel's sons can say, and daughters can say, I am of Israel. I am of Israel. Third, Paul in this passage introduces some other, and at this point, mysterious designation of true Israel. True Israel that is not necessarily connected to the physical descendancy. Not necessarily connected. And we're going to unpack that a little bit today. So first is a man, second is a physical descendant, third is this mysterious true Israel that Paul refers to, fourth, the use of Israel refers to the physical land, the geopolitical country of Israel, fifth, because we just love five meanings for one word, fifth, the meaning of Israel is the northern kingdom, when united Israel in the Old Testament separated, the northern kingdom maintained the name Israel, the southern kingdom became Judah. So united Israel divided, Israel in the north, Judah in the south. So you get Israel the man, you get descendants of Israel, you get this true Israel, you get the nation of Israel, and you get the northern kingdom of Israel. Isn't that just a blessing? Isn't that a blessing? Now, as we come to Romans 9 uh, and 6, let's recall that the Apostle Paul was born Jewish. He speaks as one of them. He is a Jew, and not just one of them, but he excelled as one of them. Philippians 3, 2 to 6, Paul gives out his Jewish resume, and it is quite impressive. He is an all-Israeli Israelite, a Jew of Jews, until he met Jesus. Until he met Jesus, Acts chapter 9. And when, when the apostle Paul met Jesus, everything changed. His Judaism that he clung to with vigor was wrong. His life's mission was wrong. His education missed it. His Israelism was wrong. When he met Jesus, Paul began to understand that just because one is physically descended from Israel does not mean one is truly Israeli. There's a distinction, and it's a critical distinction, and it is the distinction that Paul uh, illuminates in Romans chapter 9 and 6 when he says, not all Israel, for not all Israel for not are all Israel who are descended from Israel. Uh, finding pundits today talking about the physical rights to physical land in the Israeli-Hamas war is easy. These uh, pundits will point back to a physical split between Abraham's two kids. Abraham, the patriarch, the birth, uh, the, 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 uh, the, the source of the nation of Israel, Abraham, had two sons. One is named Ishmael by his handmaiden, uh, uh, Hagar. Abraham had Ishmael. His other son is Isaac, who was birthed to him through Sarah. And so finding people today that talk about the physical descendancies of Ishmael and Isaac warring with each other over physical land is easy. Some people claim that Israel, that, that Israel's descendants have claimed to that land. Some people claim that Ishmael's descendants have claimed to that land. They're talking about physical descendancy that have a right to a physical land. But Paul declares that not all those physically descended from Israel are actually Israel. To make things more complicated. Consider the fuller context. Now let's look at Romans chapter 9, verses 6 through 8 in all of its context. 
And the Apostle Paul seeks to clarify this mess in this way. It is not as though the word of God has failed. For they are not all Israel who are descended from Israel, nor are they all children. Watch this. Nor are they all children because they are Abraham's descendants. But through Isaac, your descendants will be named. So not through Ishmael, but through Isaac will your descendants be, will be named. That is, not the children of the flesh who are children of God, but the children of the promise are regarded as descendants. So the Apostle Paul is going to make this massive distinction between children of the flesh and children of promise. Children of the flesh, that's Isaac and his descendants. Even Ishmael is a child of the flesh of Abraham. Paul is going to make a a distinction between children of the flesh and children of the promise. And the apostle Paul is going to say that only children of the promise are true Israel. Children of the promise. So it's possible to be physically descended from Israel, the man, and not be a part of true Israel. Hang on, hang on. It's going to get a little thicker and then it's going to get a lot clearer. So what is the promise? If there's a distinction between the children of promise and the children of the, of the flesh, what is, this children, what is this promise that the Apostle Paul refers to? The promise refers to a covenant, to a promise that God made, that Yahweh made with Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, 1, 2, and 3. In Genesis chapter 12, 1, 2, and 3, Yahweh, God our Father, made a promise to Abraham that in Abraham and through Abraham, all the nations would come to be blessed. All the nations would be blessed. It's an obnoxiously grandiose promise that in one person, that in one person, all the people of creation would be blessed. That is a grandiose promise. I mean, imagine that. In one person, Yahweh, the creator, comes to a man named Abraham, Abram at the time, Abraham, and says to Abraham, if you are faithful to me, I will be faithful to you. And in my faithfulness to you, all people in creation for eternity will be blessed through you. That's massive. That that is absolutely massive. How would that work? Abraham's blessing would be carried on through his descendants. So if you wanted access to the blessing of Abraham, of God's blessing in Abraham, you would need to come in contact. You would need to be one of Abraham's descendants or you would need to come in contact with one of Abraham's descendants so that as his descendants spread more and more, people would have access to the blessing. Now, Paul calls the Paul makes this distinction between children of flesh and children of the promise. It comes through the line the Abraham the Abrahamic promise comes through the line of Isaac. The miraculous birth of Abraham's son Isaac becomes a core event, a central event in the continuation of God's covenantal plan. Abraham and Sarah are old. They're old at this point in time. Abraham is a hundred. Sarah is 90. They are barren and without child, struggling to understand how this covenantal promise is going to be fulfilled in physical, natural means. God our Father intervenes and does something supernatural, something spiritual in the life of Sarah, making her fertile at 90. That's not natural. That's supernatural. God our Father makes Sarah uh, 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 fertile at 90. Abraham and Sarah conceive and give birth to Isaac when Sarah is 90 years old. 
The reason that this is so important is because it sets up the reality that the promised blessing was always going to be enjoyed spiritually, spiritually, in a love relationship with the one who made the promise. The one who made the promise. Fast forward, Abraham's people, the nation of Israel, the sons and daughters of Israel, were supposed to model faithfulness to God's promise to the world. The nation of Israel was supposed to be a light, a beacon of what life looked like to anybody, what life looked like lived underneath the covenantal promises of Yahweh. Israel was supposed to be an example. Unfortunately, Israel's history as a physically descended nation of modeling God's promised life of modeling God's promised life was horrible. They failed one generation at a time to model faithfulness to the promise of God. They were Israel, but they were not Israel. The pinnacle of Israel's not being Israel is seen in their rejection of Jesus. Jesus was born of Abraham physically and spiritually. He was a physical descendant, and he was a descendant of the promise. In fact, even more so, Jesus is the ultimate fulfillment of Yahweh's promise that in Abraham all people would be blessed. Remember the audaciousness of the promise? The obnoxious grandiosity of the promise that in one person all the peoples of earth, all the peoples of creation would be blessed. How is that possible? It's going to happen through Abraham's descendants. Jesus is the ultimate descendant. And the, and the fulfillment of the of God's promise to Abraham, so that now in Jesus, in Jesus, all the people of the earth can be blessed. The pinnacle of Israel's not understanding this, not being Israel, is seen in the rejection of Jesus. Jesus was born Abraham physically and spiritually, uh, and yet they rejected him. Israel rejected Jesus. So in John 8.39, when the Jews declare, this is the passage that we looked at last week, in John 8.39, when the Jews declare that Abraham is actually their father to Jesus, they're in a conversation with Jesus, and the Jews say, Abraham is our dad, and Jesus says, no, physically you are descendant, but he's not your dad. Jesus says this in John 8, 35, if you are Abraham's children, if you are truly Abraham's children, do the deed of Abraham, which is to believe, which is to believe. But as it is, you are seeking to kill me, a man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God. To the ear of the Jew, this is, this is staggering. You just called a black guy who is physically black, you just called him not black. You just called a white guy who is physically white, not white. You just called a Hispanic person who is not brown, not Hispanic. He just called Jews. He just called sons of Abraham, not sons of Abraham. That's that. You got you got to feel the the uh, how how staggering that is. Jesus says, if they were true descendants of Abraham, they would celebrate Jesus. But in fact, they killed him. Israel was not. Israel. The Apostle Paul, again, a Jew of Jews and Israel, uh, an Israeli of Israel, had his eyes opened. Uh, Israel was not about physical descendancy. Paul understood Israel was not about physical descendancy, but about a belief in Jesus through the promise of Abraham and Isaac. 
So watch this. Paul could boldly declare in Galatians 3.29, watch this, Galatians 3.29, if you belong to Christ, if you belong to Christ, if you've given your life to Jesus, if you surrendered from your ways of life and you have given your life to Jesus, the apostle Paul says, Galatians 3.29, if you, if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's descendants. Ooh, heirs according to promise. Heirs according to promise. So what is it that makes us Abraham's descendants? It's not physiology. It's not blood. We are made Abraham's descendants in the spirit. In the spirit, spiritually, supernaturally. We who have given our lives to Christ because Christ is the fulfillment of Abraham, because Christ is the fulfillment of Abraham, in the lineage of Abraham, we who give our lives to Christ are grafted in or adopted into Abraham's descendancy, and we are made heirs according to his promise. Boom. Boom. There it is. Access to the promises of Abraham, to the family of Abraham, has been made available to all people, not just physical Israel, through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. To not have faith in Jesus, to not have faith in Jesus is not, is to not be a descendant of Abraham. The implications, again, are staggering, staggering. According to Abraham, according to Jesus, according to the Apostle Paul, if one does not believe in Jesus as the fulfillment of Abraham, then one is not true Israel. Therefore, if Benjamin Netanyahu, the current prime minister of Israel, does not confess Jesus, then he is not Israel. If national Israel rejects Jesus, then they are not Israel. I'm not making this stuff up. This isn't my message. This is what Jesus said to the Jews. This is what the Apostle Paul, the Jew of Jews, said to the Jews. This revelation stunned Paul and, and ignited his missional work to the Jews. Paul's great passion desire was to see Jews come into the same understanding that he had of Jesus as the completion of Abraham. It burned his heart, the apostle Paul. So much so that in Romans 9, 1 to 5, he declares, the apostle Paul says, if I could be cursed, if I could somehow, if cursing me would draw Israel to Jesus, he, w- he would wish that upon himself. What, by any means necessary, Paul deeply grieved over Israel's spiritual blindness and lost everything he had for the purpose of trying to win the Jews. Not all Israel is Israel. This is a staggering reality. And it's a staggering implication for us who are Christians. Because in the same way, in the exact same way, not everyone who's Christian is Christian. Not everyone who calls themselves Christian are Christian. How close are we? How close are you to falling into not Israel's error? How close are you? What makes you Christian? Because your parents are Christian? Because you've gone to church for years, generations? Because you were baptized? Because you read the Bible? All of those are possible works one can do and not be Christian. Every single one of them. For just as Paul writes that not all Israel is Israel, not all Christians are Christian. Every single one of us is wildly susceptible to the Israeli error. Every single one of us. May we be convinced. May we be convinced of the reality of our salvation by the indwelling transformative work of the Holy Spirit. That we are children of God our Father. May we be convinced by the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit that we are brothers and sisters of the Lord Jesus Christ. May we not fall prey to the institutional forces of religion that want to make our faith about anything other than intimacy with God that ignites life, that ignites life. 
that ignites life. Man, I've worked with, walked with, pastored, been in relationship with so many people who call themselves Christian and yet bear no fruit whatsoever, no passion, no zeal, no sacrifice, no surrender, no perseverance, but I go to church. But I go to church. What a staggering, stark warning from the Apostle Paul today. Not all Israel is Israel. To be Israel, to be true Israel, is to be spiritually connected, to be a spiritual descendant of Abraham, is to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, is to rest one's life in the promises of God our Father and to live in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. That, that, that is life in the overflow. I hope this is clarifying for you. I know we can get a little weedy as we navigate Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, connect that all the way to Jesus, contend with the Apostle Paul's very staggering words. Uh, we let out a lot of scripture today. I pray that you would go back and research those, read them on your own. Uh, and I do pray that this has been helpful to you today. There is power that's available to you, but it's not in, in Christian name only. It's not in playing church. It's not in going through the motions. There is absolute power available to you today through, through surrender, through surrender, to come to the end of yourself and say that my religious ways, my, um, my moral ways, my, all of my ways are insufficient, insufficient to experience fullness of life. It can only come through surrendering our lives to the Lord Jesus Christ, allowing him to become our Lord and Savior, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and to live out our lives as sons and daughters of God Most High. If that is you today and you desire that, you can pray this prayer. Or if you haven't given your life to the Lord, but the faith that you see is anemic inside of you, and you know that there are massive areas of your life that you have not yet surrendered, that you're holding on to, then maybe this clarion call of not all Israel is Israel is a wake-up call for you today as well. Wherever you are, may God our Father in the name of Jesus give you wisdom in the steps that you need to take to pray a prayer of repentance, to surrender your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, to surrender your superficiality to the Lord Jesus Christ so that you can taste and see that the Lord is good and live in the ferocity and the power and the ignition of authentic spirit-filled life in Jesus name I hope this is helpful for you if you would please send around on your social media channels spread it around highways and byways pass the word wake people up be used of God our Father to help me wake people up to the fullness of life lived in the overflow and we'll be back again real soon if there's anything I can do for you don't hesitate to reach out Jim at trexo.org Jim at trexo.org if you'd like to help us donate please don't hesitate to do that trexo.org backslash donate we'll see you next time as we learn together to walk it out in the overflow thank you for joining us in the overflow to find a blog connected to today's session where you can engage with Jim and others go to trexo.org forward slash blog this podcast is made available through the gracious giving of people just like you if you would like to help us bring more people into the healing waters of our Father's love, you can do so at trexo.org forward slash donate. We will be back next week for another edition of Overflow.